We have been studying Hebrews. It's a neat book, a lot of wonderful things in it. Today we get to this point that in some sense I think it's been building up to. And so I'm excited to deliver this message. And uh, what an honor it is to, uh, to be able to share God's word. And I pray that as we considered uh, previously this idea of spurring one another on to love and good deeds, I pray that this message that we receive today spurs us all on, that it motivates us and stimulates us to do wonderful things by our faith. The, inter- the, the lesson is entitled, Mommy, Look What I Can Do. And do you remember a time as a kid when you just wanted your parents to watch and see? Was there, for me, the, when I think about this, my mind spurs, uh, it goes to the lake. I'm a, I'm a little kid at the lake. And when I was real little, I'd be picking these stones out of the uh, the sand at the at the bottom, a couple, you know, a few inches under the water, and I would I would look for all the pretty ones. I'd look for all the the nice ones, and I'd I'd pull them out, and I'd pull them, getting every once in a while. And of course, I was eventually gonna. The only reason is to I was someday I was gonna someday sometime I was gonna show them all to mom. And so, but every once in a while I'd get one out and I couldn't wait to mom, mom, look at this one, look at it. And I'd get out of the water and go show her, mom, look at this. You know, so it was kind of like this sense of I just wanted to show and see. And then as I got older, it might have been just jumping off the dock. Mom, watch this, see what I can do. You know, and you jump off just a little bit every different every time and you know, I know, I realize now that mom was probably going, yeah, you're jumping off the dock, good job. But she was cheering me on like I was doing the greatest thing ever. And then pretty soon it was, I was doing handstands, and I, I remember I'd, she'd have to rate the handstands. I'd do one, and what was that one, what was that one, Look, you know, and just look at what I can do. Watch me. And it's just, we've all hopefully had somebody there along the way, whether it was mom or a dad or a grandparent or somebody important who was there, that we could say, watch this, look at me, look what I can do. Do you remember that? Did you have somebody like that? Well, in the lesson today, I, I want to, to encourage you to think that we still need to have that kind of attitude. We still need to have, be instead of just kind of going through life, it seems like we kind of lose that, hey, mom, look at this, see what I can do. We kind of just get into the rut and we go through life. But we need to be learning and stretching ourselves and trying new things to where we can say, wow, look what I can do. Hey, mom, look what I can do. Hey, dad, or hey, father in heaven, look what I can do. And... That can happen through faith. It can happen through Christ Jesus. And it's really, and in, in, the, in this life, it's kind of this, this complex thing, or I don't really understand it, but it's not, a, it's not about me, what I can do, but it's, hey, look what can happen through faith. By the power of Christ living in me, look what can happen. Look what can be accomplished. Look what can be done. And we can be a part of that. And maybe there's somebody in your life that you can think about who lived a life of faith. 
Somebody who did great things for the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody who you thought was amazing and wonderful. And I want you to consider today that you can be like that person and you can follow in their path. In Hebrews chapter 10, it was we glanced at some of these people well, last week. Um, excuse me, in chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. Some of these people, they were willing to sacrifice things, that they were willing to give things up in this life so they could live and serve God. And it's like Moses, or excuse me, I'm thinking of Noah. Noah, you know, it's like, okay, i got to build a big boat. Let, let me think about what I could do for myself in 100 years. He wasn't worried about that. He didn't care about that. He was willing to do great things according to his faith in God. Abel offered that better sacrifice. Moses left Egypt. Abraham had left things too. That was, you know, this is what what people of faith do. They trust in God and when they give themselves over to God's work, they do great things. Greater than they ever imagined. Moses, I can't do this. God, send somebody else. You want your people saved? Somebody else is going to have to do it. No. Go. I told you to go. Now go. I'm with you. And that's the point, isn't it? When God's with you, you can do anything. And we have this offering, this, this promise from God that he has offered to us victory. If we'd only have faith in him and trust in him and just abide in him, he will do great things through us. So I hope that we can just kind of focus on this idea that, uh, you know, I hear, always hear this idea a lot of, hey, we're all sinners, you know. It's like, that's the, that's the point. We're sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. No, in Christ Jesus, we are saints. We have been sanctified. And we can live by faith in him. And that is who we are called to be. We are called to be saints in Christ Jesus. And we can achieve great things in the name of Christ if we would just walk with him and trust him. And actually, chapter 11, that hall of fame of faith, there is a reason that it is there. And that reason is given to us in Hebrews, chapter 12, verse number 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set, that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. The hall of fame of faith, all those people mentioned in chapter 11, are given as an example for us. It's filled with ordinary people who did great things according to their faith. Their example is here to cheer us on. Hear it again, verse number one. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
this, this, it's an interesting language to me. One of the ways I consider how they are a cloud of witnesses, the, you know, just a bunch of people witnessing, witnessing us. It's kind of like they're watching us to see what we'll do. But I also think it's them, them as witnesses, they're testifying to something. And that was the testimony of the previous chapter, is that they all live by faith and accomplish great things for God. Now what will you do? What will you do? You consider all these people had faith, did a lot of things, amazing things. We look at them in awe. But the point of it is not for us to look at them in awe. The point of us is to say, wow. I have faith too. I can do great things in the name of Christ Jesus. Their example is there to cheer us on. We have somebody who is applauding us saying, you can do it. You can live by faith. You can can, uh, say no to the things of the world and say yes to the life that is found in Christ Jesus, which is so very different from the world. You can do it. You know, and as I preached last week about this, this idea of sacrifice, you know, the things of the world, the, the, the things we want and see, the things that seem to just drive us and why we work and why we, the things we devote our time to. And, you know, the challenge is don't let those things hold you back from God. Sacrifice those things. Give any of those things that hold you back, give them up. Say, I don't need that. Oh, but I like it so much. It's so, this is the greatest hobby. I love it. You know, it's, give it up. You know, oh, but I've got to see what's the latest. You know, I got, you know, it's, give it up. And the message is, you can do that. You can live by faith. All those examples are there cheering us on. And we know that we have a Father in heaven who is cheering us on, saying, you can do it. And and Jesus himself says, lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. You can do it. I'll help you. And that's the only way that we can is by the power of Christ Jesus. And the interesting thing is I think about this verse, chapter 12, verse 1, there's a verse before it that tells us something that challenges us even more. So look at chapter 11, verses 39 and 40. And I don't know that all of this, the way it's worded, even if I understand it all, but I get the main point, I think. 11.39, And all these, speaking of the people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, all these people did it. Oh, just great faith. All of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So somehow they were made complete by the thing that we have received, the thing that was promised, 
the something better. They didn't receive what was promised, but we are the recipients of the something better. And in this context of this book, Hebrews, that we've been studying, I think it's fair to say that the something better is this. We have received the promise. In the notes here is how I just summarized this book, really. We have received the promise. The Son of God, who is the great high priest, who is the perfect sacrifice, who has taken away our sins. This is the one who has spoken to us and has brought us into the very presence of God. All of that temple talk and the the priestly talk, and he has brought us in. He was the sacrifice. He's the the priest, the perfect priest. He brings us into the very presence of God. Jesus is the one who has died for us and done everything. Ephesians 1.3, he has blessed us with every blessing that heaven has to offer. We have all the blessings we need in Christ. We know Jesus. That's what we have. We have Jesus. We have the, we have the understanding that God loves me so much that he died for me. He sent his son to die for me. Did any of those folks who live by faith, you know, you might think it's kind of neat that God spoke to them, but it isn't, do you not think that it is much more powerful that God didn't just speak to us, but he spoke to us through his son and that very son has proven his love and his dedication to us by dying for us and taking the sin from me and suffering on the cross and the eternal punishment that I deserve, he himself bore that on the cross. By his stripes, we're healed. And all those people who lived by faith in the past, they didn't have that. But yet they believed and yet they did amazing and great things. And here I am, I have had Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, who died for me. How can I do anything but live my life for Him? We have received the promise. And so ought not the things that we do by faith far surpass all those other folks? Greater things than than taking the best of our flock and, you know, offering that sacrifice. Uh, Doing more than spending a hundred years building a boat. (laughs) How could you beat that? Uh, You know, those guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, uh, you know, maybe God will deliver us, maybe you won't, but we're not going to bow down to your idol. They were willing to get thrown into that fire. Man, that is faith. And how does our faith There's no way that our faith shouldn't surpass that because we have the very knowledge of the God who loves us so much that he gave his own son as a sacrifice because of our sin. He died for us. If we have something better, and we do, do we not? If we have something better, then shouldn't our faith surpass theirs? 
They are a great cloud of witnesses that surround us, testifying that we can do great things by our faith in Christ Jesus. And they're, they're saying, boy, you guys, you can do even better than we did. It's kind of like their, their example spurs us on, lets us know that we can do it, and then they're, say, they're up there saying that you can do even better. And isn't that what, as parents, that's what we want for our kids. We want them to do better than us. We want them to surpass us, and that's what, that's what this faith is all about. Let us love Let us have good deeds. So since we know this, now we come to chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3 again. Therefore, since we have this great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, three things that are said here. Therefore, let us, and it's in there, let us do these first two things and let us run. So number one, let us lay aside every encumbrance. Let us lay aside everything that kind of weighs us down. And note, this is to be able to run a race, right? If you're running a race, you're going to get all dressed up and wear huge baggy clothes you're going to uh you know and back in the day at the the times of uh their their races they uh uh, they were all wearing these togas right the greeks the romans picture picture them just with those big sheets and robes walking around yeah that's a great way to race isn't it no when they got ready to race they'd set those things aside Anything that is holding you back, anything that weighs you down, you're not going to put on a backpack and try and run a race. You're not going to uh, uh, have, all, you know, as we think about our spiritual life, we don't, the car isn't going to help us run a race. A bigger house isn't going to help us run the race. A job that demands so much of us that we have no, no, energy left for anything else in our lives we we've got to let those things go put them aside toss it let us lay aside every encumbrance don't let anything weigh you down noah he didn't say, well, God, I'm kind of in the middle of another project. I'm building, a, you know, some toys for my grandkids. You know, he, there's nothing. You lay those things aside, and you get busy on the faith thing. You get busy working on what God wants you to be working on right now. That's faith. So let us lay aside every encumbrance. And let us lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. That language that's there, that part where it says, which so easily entangles us, it's, it's one Greek word that is made up of the words, well, um, around, stand. So it's like, Something that's standing around us well. It's almost like being encircled or being encompassed. Um, 
It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like uh, with this sin that so e- easily entangles us, um, it could be like a snare. I think, um, what is, uh, there's a, one translation says, which so easily ensnares us. It's almost like a pack of wolves. You're getting ready to run away, a race, but now you're encircled by a pack of wolves, a good pack of wolves. They've well, well surrounded you. They're standing around you very well. Uh, the other, so it's kind of like this trap that's around us. Um, another kind of translation was just this, it, it fits snugly around, I can't remember, I didn't write it down, but it's like it just, you're stuck in it. The sin which so easily entangles us, it's all around us. When, it, when sin comes around you and you got nowhere out, Nowhere to go. When sin, that's what sin does to it. You can't run a race when you're surrounded. You've got to be free to get on the path. Sin keeps you from doing that. It ensnares us. It entangles us. It hinders us. So, and this is the part of faith, you know, where you're like, well, this is real hard because I know how much I sin and even... When I kind of get the actions right, then I'm still dealing with these mental things, these thoughts I have. Man, I'm a, it's, it's real easy to sin, isn't it? We're stuck in this flesh, and we're stuck here in this, in this life, and we're just stuck with bad things that happen all around us, and we want to react to those bad things in a bad way, and everybody else is stupid, and so it just makes me mad, you know, and politics and coronavirus and mask and all this stuff it all works to just make us like sinful <laughs> it's hard in this life and then bad things happen to us and we're like why god why that doesn't make sense why did this happen and god calls us in the midst of sin in the midst of all the ting and the entanglements that can kind of get us is to lay them aside and run on the path. And remember, there's a cloud of witnesses who are saying, you can do it. You can do it. You can live by faith. I'm going to be there to help you. So lay aside every encumbrance. And some of those encumbrances, some of those weights are nice, good things. Not really anything sinful about them, but they keep you from running the race. You've got to put them aside and lay aside the sin. All those things that are just in direct contradiction to what God wants us to be and do, lay them aside. And by faith, you can. You can. That's the point of this lesson. It's, Father, look what I can do. You're helping me. I know you've given me the spirit that I can live by. So I'm going to... Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles me. I'm going to lay it aside. And let us. The end of verse number one. And let us run with endurance. The race that is set out before us. Hey folks, races aren't easy, right? Races are difficult. And we're on a long one. That's difficult. You have to endure. You have to persevere. God has called us to run this race with endurance. So lay aside the junk that's keeping you from getting on the path. Lay aside those encumbrances. Lay aside the sin. And run. 
And you can do it. That's the point of the lesson. You can do it. That's why God put this right here for us. You can do it. Look at all those folks in the past who did it. They ran with perseverance. They lived by faith. And now you who know the Son of God who died for you, you have this wonderful promise that was always given. You are the recipient of the promise. Now you know. And now you can run with endurance the race that is set before you. And how can you do it? Verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So he's he's the pioneer of faith. He's the one who started faith, the originator of faith. He is the one, and he perfected faith. That's why he came down here to this earth. He lived that perfect life. How he never had unrighteous anger and wrath and thoughts towards people. It's amazing, but he was able to see people, even the what I would tend to look at and say, this jerk, this idiot, this dummy, you know, this lunatic, this whatever. He saw a creation. He saw his creation, the ones that he loved. And that's how we've got to learn to look at people. He was able to do it. We can do it. We can have the mind of Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Lay aside the junk that's keeping your eyes off of Jesus. And now fix your eyes on Jesus. And run the race. And you can do great things by your faith. And we can do great things by our faith. Jesus is that example. I want to read verses 2 and 3. Think about what Jesus did. And we're getting ready to come to this table in just a moment. Think about what he did. And then consider that the path that we run on is to follow Jesus. That's what disciple means, a follower of Jesus. Jesus was the originator of faith, and so we're going to follow him in his faith. He perfected faith. He's going to work on us to perfect our faith also. He'll bring it to completion, perfection. It's going to, it's going to come to a good end if we just get on this path and run with endurance. It's not walk with endurance. It's, it's run. Hundred percent, go. Verses two and three. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I asked this question. I hope you'll kind of think about this. How did he endure? He did it by Thinking about the joy, for the joy set before him. He was looking at something ahead too. There was something that kept him going, something that helped him endure. What was his joy? Maybe it was pleasing the Father. But maybe it was what was offered to him as an inheritance, and that is the church, his body. It was us. That was the joy set before him. Maybe he saw even my face on that day that he went to the cross. He was thinking of me and said, I'm going to save Eric. Thank you, Jesus. If that's it, then praise God. 
So who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He ran the race, didn't he? And it wasn't easy. But he did it for us. He did it to please his Father. Verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't grow weary in this life. Don't go through life getting distracted by the things that weigh us down or entangle us. Get on the path and run with endurance and do not grow weary. Do not lose heart. We have a cloud of witnesses spurring us on. We have a Father in heaven who says, I'm watching. You can do it. We have Jesus Christ who is with us. We have the Spirit of God that dwells within us. So fix your eyes on Jesus and run with Him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, not on the things of the world, and do great things by your faith. Your Heavenly Father is watching and cheering you on. If anybody here today is not a follower of Jesus, you're not a disciple, you haven't made your claim and your, your, your step, you haven't made that first step of faith and been baptized into him, he calls you today. I pray that today is the day that you make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. Let us remember the one who died for us. Let us live for him.